He's our victory. He is our source of hope. Most of all, in this season, we celebrate Him as Savior, don't we? Amen. Is He Savior and Lord of your life? That's the question. That's the question today for all humanity. A question to be asked and a question to be answered. It's God's question to all humanity today. If you will, stand with me as we read God's Word. I want to share with you for a few moments from the Word of God on this simple thought. Why Christmas? You know, when I was a boy, and I was raised in church, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of not really in tune to people who didn't have a Christian home or maybe they weren't raised in church. Yet they celebrated Christmas, they celebrated with the gifts. I'm kind of not in tune with all that. But I remember as a kid, what Christmas meant to me was we celebrated Christ and we got to tear into some presents. I mean, every Christmas, me and my brother would get up and we would head down the hallway to look up under the Christmas tree to see if there were presents there. And we knew there would be. We didn't know how many. And then we would see those presents there and then we would begin to go and knock on the door, wake mom and daddy up. Get up, it's time to open gifts. That was a highlight of our Christmas. That's sad to say, but there, for many, many years as I opened those gifts, a lot of times I didn't really, really, tune in on the true meaning of Christmas as much as I did on opening gifts. Amen. But I pray that God will help us through this message today to be reminded of what Christmas is all about. Thank God for the gifts, for all that happens as we celebrate Christmas. But may it never take precedence over the true meaning today. Luke chapter 2. I want to read some verses of scripture found there. And then also in the book of John. I want to share with you for a few moments. Luke chapter 2 verse 1. When you have it say, go ahead preacher. Man, y'all are quick. Y'all must have been in them Bible drills when we were coming up. Or either y'all got your pad out tapped it in real quick either way verse number one Luke chapter two and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria so all that went to be registered everyone to his own city Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. Be registered with, his, with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now they were in the same country. Imagine this now. They're in Bethlehem and in the same country there in the fields. There were shepherds living out there in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round right about them, and they were greatly afraid. In John chapter 1, verse 14, one verse of Scripture found there. And then I want to get into this message this morning. John 1 and 14. And the Word became flesh. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I want to preach for a few moments on this thought. Why Christmas? Why Christmas? Father, we come to you today thanking you, Lord, for your presence in this house. Lord, for the 
the Holy Spirit has moved upon our hearts as we've worshiped. God, lives have been refreshed and renewed. Lord, needs, I believe, have been met even through prayer and as we've worshiped you today. As we come to this part of the service, we ask that you'd hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, that you would speak through this vessel and that you would remind us, God, today of the reason for Christmas. And Lord, let it impact a life to the glory of God through salvation. Lord, let it refocus those that maybe have lost their way. But Lord, most of all, may you be glorified in this season in our life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. As exciting for uh, the season as we find ourselves, as many decorating and going out and sometimes buying new decorations to uh, get around the house and make the atmosphere look like Christmas. Amen. It's an exciting time during this holiday season. Uh, many times we or looking forward to it, and if you're not careful, there's so much happening around you that it just seems to move by so quickly. This year, we put our Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving because we did not want to wait till after Thanksgiving, put it up, and then two weeks later, it was time to take it down again. And we wanted to enjoy a little more time, amen, in the season of Christmas in our home. And so we took time to do that, which we normally don't do. But I think we're going to start doing it because time just slips by you. And the next thing you know, Christmas has passed and you're in a new season. But not only that, many times we don't think about those who are not enjoying the season of Christmas when it comes that time of year. Many people, one of the most depressing times of the year is Christmas. Uh, for whatever reason it may be, maybe a lost loved one, maybe uh, life has just sat down on them and become financially hard, they're financially distressed. Many times we don't think about as we're putting up our Christmas trees and our decorations and preparing to buy gifts and preparing to celebrate that there are people out there that'll never celebrate with a gift, they'll never celebrate by putting up a, an arrangement or a decoration, they'll live through the season in moments in a heart of despair. But I want to tell you today that whether you've got your place decorated in an exciting uh, decor of Christmas for this season and whether you haven't, there is one today who can bring joy in your life. And that's who I want to talk about today. It's easy to get caught up in all the preparations and festivities when we forget about the pains that many times others may be going through and sometimes even ourselves. Statistically, and I don't know what it has been for this year, but statistically it has been said that during the period of Thanksgiving to Christmas that suicide rates are higher than they normally are because people are so heartbroken over the season. They need to hear about Jesus, don't they? They need to know about the reason for Christmas. It isn't about gifts and trees and decorations, though we get to enjoy them. And it's not about the families and the parties and all the things that we get to do. And it certainly isn't about Santa Claus. I agree with Sister Angie. It certainly isn't about him and the elves and all the reindeer. But what it is about today is a man by the name of Jesus. Jesus and him alone is who Christmas is all about. For some reason, uh, I think he gets lost in the stories and in the entertainment modes of television so often and many times. Yet I thank God that there are those out there who point through their movies or through their stories or through their books uh, to Christ uh, when they are concerning Christmas. Christmas is one of the greatest moments in history. The birth of Christ is one of the greatest, greatest moments in history. Of all that could ever happen, and I've said it often and it bears repeating, of all that could ever happen, amen, Christmas is one of the greatest 
moments. It was a night that the Word became flesh, the Bible said, and dwelt among us. It was a night that prophecy had been fulfilled. It was a night that God had brought to fruition the very promise of hope that he would bring to humanity. It was a miracle. Amen. How many believe it was a miracle? The birth of Christ was a miraculous, give him praise, it was a miraculous thing because she had not been with man. She was a virgin and she received the word of God. The Holy Spirit came upon her and she became with child. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. It was a very wonderful, miraculous thing that has never happened under in any generation today and the ultimate blessing from God to all humanity. Of all the things God could ever do for you, save you is the greatest. Amen. You say, well, preacher, uh, I, I wish he would do this in my life and that in my life. I wish he would, would heal me. Maybe, maybe I need some financial blessings in my life. Maybe I, I need a promotion on my job. Maybe I, I, I need some things to work out to, uh, in, in my life in this particular way. That's your thought process. But the greatest thing that God can ever do for a human being is save them. Without salvation, nothing else matters. Thank God today that we celebrate Christmas because it is the most paramount reason in your life that reveals unto you the love of God. Why Christmas? Because God loves you. Look at somebody and say, God loves you. God loves you. It's not just words. God loves you. He cares about you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him might not perish but have eternal life. God loves His love was not just words. His love reached down to bring hope in our hopeless condition. Until this point, there was no hope. They were living according to the law. But what the law could not do, Christ could Come on, somebody. Christ became the propitiation for our sins and he became the hope of all humanity. When I think about a baby, I think about salvation, full and free, amen. When I think about Christ, the Christ child, I think about God's grace. I think about God's glory. I think about the, 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 the very fact that nothing could stop God from bringing this hope and promise into our life because he alone has the power to step past scientific uh, uh, thoughts or theories and to bring a promise into our life. There'd be a generation today that would say it would be impossible for a woman to have a child without being with a man. But I got news for you. My God can do anything and he did it way back then and he did it for you and me. It's not impossible today with God. He came in the flesh. In other words, God stepped across time, amen, and just stepped right on in or stepped across eternity right on into time. And... Uh, begin to think about what's happening here in Luke chapter two. Is there down in Bethlehem? The word of God says that they couldn't find no room in the inn, so here they are preparing to have this baby, wrap them in swaddling clothes, found a manger and laid him in that manger and all this was taking place, the birth of Christ, and shepherds were out in the field watching over their flocks by night, did not even realize what was going on, and all of a sudden, here an angel appears before them. And fear began to grip their heart. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. That all was not inclusive to that generation alone. Let me go ahead and tell you. Many don't think that this message of the gospel is relevant today, but what the angel said was, This is good news. 
and great joy will come to all people who receive and accept this great news in their life. It was not just for them, it was not just for that generation, but it was for all generations. To calm their fear as they looked upon these angels, they brought the manifested word of truth to their life. We came to bring you good news. I come to bring somebody some good news today and say Jesus is still Lord. He's still, amen, the propitiation for our sin. He is still the answer to your sin-sick brokenness today. He is the hope for your life. Nothing will ever change that. Time won't change it. Problems won't change that. Amen, your brokenness won't change that. Your financial condition won't change that. The hope of Christ was universal and included whosoever. Look at somebody and say, that's you and me. And they begin to go on in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, and they said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. They begin to address him in three different names in this verse. The first was Savior. This pictures him as the deliverer. Amen to God. This pictures him as our victor. And then they begin to acknowledge him as Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God. And then they finally addressed him as Lord or the sovereign God, the one to be served and worshiped and adored. And I want to tell you that he deserves our praise and our glory and our honor. Amen. Every day of our life, it doesn't matter where we're at or what we're going through. He is Lord and he deserves it. He's anointed our victor, our deliverer. Amen to God today and sovereign Lord, the one to be served. Notice that when they addressed him, I like what one writer read as I, I was seeking the Lord in, in this message. One writer uh, began to write, and I thought it was so powerful. I want to share it with you. Jesus was called Savior in this scripture, and he wasn't called a teacher, but a Savior. Our greatest need, if it had been for information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been for technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been for money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been for pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. If our greatest need had been for military, God would have sent a soldier. If our greatest need had been for justice, God would have sent a judge. But our greatest need was for forgiveness and redemption. Therefore, God sent a Savior. Amen. Come on, somebody. He came, and although, amen, he, he fills the roles of, of often all those things that we just covered, but the greatest need we had was forgiveness and redemption, and therefore God sent a Savior. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 said, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will. I said he will. I'm going to say it again. He will save his people people from their sin today. Amen. It's not a might or a maybe. I don't know about you, but I've been set free by the master today. Amen. I know him as Lord. Do you know him today as Lord? He will set you free. Preacher, I just don't know if he can. You don't know what all I've done. I'm telling you there's nothing, amen, that you've done that he can't cover, cleanse, and deliver you from today. His name is Jesus this is why he came. He will save his people from their sin today. I can't think of a better message to preach than Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. I can't think of a better message to preach, amen, at Christmas than Jesus, this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, was gonna take your place and take my place on the cross of Calvary so that he would die in our stead. I'm telling somebody today, this... Oh, I feel him. They were holding a baby. They were holding a king. 
Oh, come on now. Oh, but he was my Savior. He was my Lord. He was my Redeemer. Oh, today it's exciting to know that the power and the purpose of Christ was revealed on this night. The revealing message of the angels as they pointed the way to the shepherds. And Luke chapter 2 verse 12 said, this will be a sign to you, you will find a babe. Not you might, not maybe, not if you knock on a few doors. So I'm going to tell you where you're going to find him. Why would they want to be specific in this? Because it was important that they found him. I want to tell people today it's important that you come to know Christ as Savior and Lord of your life. That's why we preach the unadulterated word of God. We preach the truth. This will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Oh, the sign would be when you see him in a manger. Well, you're not going to find a whole lot of babies laying in mangers. Fact about it, he was the only one laying in a manger in Bethlehem, I feel sure. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes. They said, you need to go on in and find him. And when you see him, then you'll know that this is the Redeemer. This is the Lord. God's word points the way to Jesus. And we are called to point the way to Christ. Amen? Everything we do in our attitudes and our actions should be to point the way to Christ. It's interesting that he would be born in Bethlehem because the word of God declares in John 6, 35, he said, I am the bread of life. And Bethlehem, we all know, means house of bread. And so God let the bread of life be born in the house of bread. And then he comes a little further in John 6, 35 and said, he who comes to me will never hunger. And he who believes in me will never thirst. Is it important? Yeah, because many are starving to death in their soul because they have not tasted of the house of bread. They have not tasted of the bread of life. And Jesus is the bread of life that will sustain your life. It was appropriate that he would be born there. They pointed the way to him. You'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes. And then in Luke chapter 2, verse 13 through 14, the Bible said suddenly, after they had, be, uh, had given the message unto the shepherds, the Bible said suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. All of a sudden, it went from the angels in a multitude of heavenly hosts there. And they were singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I don't know how it sounded, but I bet it was beautiful. I bet the shepherds there, amen, just began to look in awe as they had already received the information to be directed to where they would find our kinsman redeemer, amen. And then all of a sudden, the heavenly host joined in with the angels and began to give praise unto God. They said, glory to God in the highest. I want to tell you there ought not to be one man, woman, boy, girl that ever receives glory, amen above God Almighty. He is to be glorified, the creator of all the universe, the dispenser of grace, the giver of his son. Glory to God in the highest. He gave all that he had when he gave his son. And then they go on to sing peace, goodwill toward men. You find peace with man through God's glory, his love and grace. Psalm chapter 150, amen, David understood the power of praise and I just kind of wanted to tie this in, in, in here with the heavenly host as they were giving God glory and declaring peace unto man. David goes on to say that God is worthy of praise and such a, a matter of fact that we should praise him, amen, uh, and also praise him in his sanctuary and praise him in his mind firmament and praise him for his mighty acts. 
Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord today. Do you have breath in you? Then let's join in today with the heavenly host for a moment and just give God praise for his love, his grace, and his mercy that we find in the season of Christmas. He Holy Spirit of God, speak to us today. Amen. He is worthy of praise. You don't understand. This moment here is where all our hope dwelt. The sign out there says, all my hope is in Jesus in 2020. I want to tell you all our hope has been in Jesus from the moment it was prophesied to the time it was manifest to the very cross and even to this generation today and the generation that will follow. All our hope is in Jesus. You crazy preacher. You're making a big to-do out of nothing. That's what the devil will say. I ain't lost. I'm just trying to be reserved. I didn't really I was trying to be reserved today, but I just get excited. You're making a big to-do out of nothing. Oh, it was more than nothing. It was more than nothing. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. He was the one in whom blood would be shed for all humanity that would pay the price for our sin debt. Don't you tell me I'm making a big to-do out of nothing. Amen, if we don't know Jesus, we have no hope. If we have not accepted him, there is no hope. We gotta celebrate him at Christmas, not because we forgot he was born, but because we ought to lift up this very moment as one of the greatest moments in history when humanity laid their eyes physically upon the promise of God. I got news for you. I hadn't seen him with my own eyes, but one day I will, and I'm gonna... I'm going to see him just as he is. But I believe, as Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen, yet they still believe. I believe today because the Holy Ghost has confirmed his word within my heart. Why do I celebrate Christmas? Not for the gifts, not for the money, not for the decorations, although they're beautiful, but I celebrate it because, hey, and anybody who ever celebrated it and didn't know why, this is why we celebrate it because without Jesus, there is no hope. Amen to God. And if you don't know him, then you're celebrating for naught. Many people are packing the trees with Christmas gifts, going in debt. Debt that they can't pay. Putting a strain on their lives because they have placed the commercialized Christmas above the real reason. Come on, somebody. We'd, we, we, We'd rather spend money to make everybody around us happy. Let me tell you, can't nobody make you happy like him. Amen. 
And then you got to let him make you happy. You got to let him do it. Oh, help me, Lord. Oh, the shepherds, they heard a beautiful worship that day. And as they moved on beyond this musical ensemble of praise, their hearts were stirred. My prayer is that a heart will be stirred today. Well, it's just a simple message. It's, more, it's one of the most important messages you'll ever hear. Is a message of who Christ is and what he means to you. Luke chapter 2, verse 15 through 16 said, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven. How about that? They just stepped out of heaven. When they got through doing what God sent them there to do, they just walked right on back up into heaven. That might not mean a whole lot to you, but I kind of like that. Whoo! A revelation that heaven is real. That the shepherds said to one another, now let us go to Bethlehem. You mean the shepherds that made up their mind at that particular point that they were going to leave that field and leave their sheep and they were going to walk on into Bethlehem and go and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. They sought after Christ. It's always my prayer when I preach or when I share a, 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 through testimony or or just through witnessing, it's my prayer that a heart will be so inspired that they will make haste to come to Jesus. That is my prayer. There is no shame in making haste to come to Jesus. They followed the message they had received. Men need to heed the message of the Lord today. Seek him. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 6 through 7 said, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Amen. Ain't that good news? He will abundantly pardon. Have you obeyed the gospel today whether you're here whether you're watching by social media, have you received Christ as Savior in your heart today? Because his promise to you is this. In Acts chapter 16, verse 29 through 32, after the, the jailhouse rock, I like to call it, the Philippian jailer was afraid that they were going to come and, and kill him. Thought all the prisoners had escaped. But Paul and Silas, they Hollis said, don't harm yourself. He said, we're all right. And the word of God said in verse 29 of Acts 16 that he ran in and he was trembling and he fell down before him. And he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now let me go ahead and say this. I don't believe that he just did that because of an earthquake. Okay? He was the jailer in charge of keeping them there, right? So Paul and Silas, what were they doing at midnight? Yeah. So the Philippian jailer had to hear them. <laughs> Share the gospel through song and through prayer. And when God began to move in the midnight hour, and the jail began to shake. He had heard the word and he made haste when he found out they were still there. He made haste. Notice he didn't run to the other uh, prisoners. He ran to Paul and Silas because that's where he had heard the message of hope. And he trembling fell before him and said, 
Lead me to Jesus. Tell me what must I do to be saved. Amen. He made haste. I don't know what may have happened in your life or what may be happening in your life, but if you don't know Jesus, you need to make haste and find him right now. Amen. By kneeling before him. And they said unto him, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all that were in his house. How many are so grateful today, amen, that that, that God gives us the moments of grace that give us a revealing of the hope that is in Jesus. Thank God this Philippian jailer had a word that he heard and he had a heart to respond to what the Lord was saying in your life. Let me go ahead and say this. Don't listen to the preacher. Listen to God speaking through the preacher. Listen to God speaking through your Savior family. Listen to God speaking through your evangelist. Listen to it as if it is a word from God because his word is more important than anything anybody has to say in this life today. Amen. His word takes precedence Over it all. Give me another hour. I'm almost through. Romans 10, chapter, chapter 10, verse 8 through 13. What does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess, with your mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He couldn't die until he was first born. Amen. This same Jesus we celebrate has gone across the very lips of those who have confessed him and believed upon him for their salvation. With the heart one believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture said, whoever believes on him will not be put ashamed. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Whoever. Whoever. Most assuredly I say unto you, Jesus said in John 6, 47, that he who believes in me has life everlasting. Think about this word for a moment. Believes. What is it literally saying there? The Greek word comes from the Greek word pistis. Or pistis. Maybe Brother Dan Wood, you'll have to help me with that pronunciation. Maybe after. But it means to have faith. All right, believe, have faith. Goes a little deeper than that. To credit by implication, which means that you not only know Christ, but your believing upon him causes you to, by implication, allow him to become the credit, to have the credit of being involved in the saving of your life from your sin. And ultimately, it means to entrust which is you assign the responsibility for doing something to someone else. When you believe upon him in the way that Jesus is talking about believing upon him, that means that you are entrusting him to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Amen. Nobody else can do it. Why do I celebrate Christmas? Because he's the only one that can change my life. They shared the message. When they'd seen him, <clears throat> you can come on quickly if you will. In Luke chapter 2, verse 17 through 18, when they'd seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child, that all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. 
They didn't just walk away from there and say, wow, that was a good experience. Now let's go down to the Mexican restaurant and have a bite to eat. Amen. They were so moved by the miraculous that had taken place and touched to the very heart because of who Christ was that they had to go share the good news to. How many, how many are so touched by God and you love it? He has impacted your life in such a powerful way that you can't help but tell somebody about Jesus. Sometimes life can, can cause us to get distant. I pray this message brings you back again to a, a refreshing, vibrant reality. As David said, Lord, restore the joy of my salvation. Think about this for a moment. They left and they spread the word about Jesus. What an example for us. Oh, well, I went to church today. Preacher struggled, but he got through it. Praise team, they were really, really good. Sunday school teacher, I've heard that before. Come on now. There's probably some people sitting in, sitting in here under the sound of my voice somewhere watching my social media said, oh, that's, that's a generic message. Everybody preaches that all the time. If the word of God ever gets so old to you that it becomes dull and unimportant, you need to ask God to stir your heart again. Amen. There's a vast variety of things I could preach on. Don't worry, I'm going to be here for a long time, so if the Lord don't come, y'all going to get to hear it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But right now at Christmas time, while everybody's putting gifts under the tree and everybody's decorating, I want you to be reminded and be refreshed in the vibrancy of the reason of this season. Why Christmas? So we can draw names, so we can have parties, so we can get Christmas bonuses. No, because we want to honor God and the Lord Jesus Christ for his love and his interceding in the midst of our hopeless lives. Stand with me if you will. I'm coming to a close. The joy of their heart today joy of their heart today was revealed because not only did they leave the angels worshiping they came back after they had seen Jesus and they were worshiping in Luke chapter 2 verse 20 said the shepherds returned they went back to the sheep glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. Praising Him. Don't you know He's worthy to be praised? If you get a negative thought or feeling in there trying to intercept your praise, stomp it to the ground and praise God anyway. Amen. If the enemy tries to get you focused on things that are unimportant in life, Get you more, get you looking at, at, at things that get in the way of your praise and, and get in the way of, of your reality in Christ. I, I promise you what praise will do, it'll clear the fog. It'll clear the fog. Prayer and praise will clear the fog. That foggy mist of the enemy. They returned to their sheep. They were still shepherds. Nothing changed in that. People get saved. They still got to go back to work. They still got to live life. Nothing changes in that. The circumstances remain the same. But there's one thing that didn't, and that was their heart. So I may be living in the circumstances I'm living in, 
But make no mistake, I don't have to let the circumstance live through me when I've got him now living through me. Come on, somebody. I'll never forget when I gave my life back to the Lord. After I'd backslid in my teenage years, I'll never forget one day standing in the control room at work as a dry board operator in a chemical plant. One of the men came in and he said, I tell you what Brian would say. He would say so and so, so and so, so and so. I was filling out my report. <laughs> and the Holy Ghost, you ever had the Holy Ghost just rise up in you? My daddy used to say I'd get agitated in the spirit. But the Holy Ghost rose up in me. And I could not be quiet. I said, no. I stood up and I said, no. And I mean, you could have heard a pin drop in that control room. I said, sir, you're wrong. That's what I used to would have said. But I have given my heart back to God and he has saved me and cleansed me. And you're not going to hear me say those things again. I've been delivered today. Amen. I don't want to say those things anymore. I don't want to do those things anymore. Why? Because Christ gave his son. How many knows Jesus makes all the difference in the world? You can go to church a thousand times and hear the word of God, but until you have an experience with Jesus, your life will never be changed. It'll never be changed. He accomplishes through his power and grace his love and transformation of our lives. I want to ask you this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. I could go on just for a moment, but every head bowed, every eye closed. Greatest decision you could ever make in life is not where you're going to eat after the service. It's not what you're going to cook for your next meal. It's not where you're going to go shopping. It's not... It's not how long you're going to work on your job before you retire. It's not, that's not the greatest decisions you'll ever make in life. The greatest decision you'll ever make in life is do I accept Christ as my Savior and let Him cleanse me of my sin as I repent before Him and I confess Him with my mouth. I believe He's the Son of God who died on the cross for my sin and let Him save me and let me be born into the kingdom of God through my faith in Him and by the Spirit of God. That's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. Have you made that decision? If you're watching by airwaves today, social media, have you made that decision today? I mean a decision from your heart that says, I see the wretched life of sin that I am in. I need Christ to save me and give me new life. I'm going to fall before him today and I'm going to ask him to come sincerely as I repent of my sins, I'm going to ask him to come and I'm going to ask him to save this old boy, this old girl, this old man, this woman, this mama, this daddy, this aunt, this uncle, this friend. I'm going to ask the Lord to save me. This, my friend, today is the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. And if you mean it, I'm not going to tell you what to say because you don't really have to have any words of excellency in that speech. Just say, God, I'm sorry for my sin. I repent. Save me, Lord. I confess you to be Jesus Christ. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you died for me. Remember me. That's what the thief on the cross said. He said, Lord, remember me. That's all he said. Remember me when you come into your paradise. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Your heart will speak along with your mouth 
And God can hear the language of both. Surrender your heart to Him today. It's the greatest decision you ever make in life. Not only can He save you, He can save your household. And then while you're celebrating Christmas this year, the central theme of Christmas will not just be a picture of a baby or a stable scene. You'll have a vivid picture in your heart of the Redeemer of your soul. <laughs> Jesus Christ who came, who died. What will this do? It'll put a praise in your mouth and a testimony in your heart. As the shepherds received. I pray today that God will have accomplished putting a praise back in your heart for who he is and a testimony in your heart to share with others. Jesus is the reason for this season and that'll never change. Hollywood can turn it any way they want to, but the truth will always remain. God, I pray that there are those that have responded in faith. And if you've responded and if you've prayed and sincerely, you're praying now, asking the Lord to save you. Let us know if you're watching by social media. Let us know we want to rejoice with you. If you've done that here in this audience today, if you've, if you've rededicated your life or maybe you've, you've come to say, Lord, I want to be saved. I want to know Christ as my Savior. No one's looking around. I just want to say... Let us know. The Bible said that, that we need to publicly let folks know what we've done, that we've accepted Christ. When you leave here, be sincere. Tell somebody. Tell me. We want to know. We want to rejoice with you. And fathers, we leave this place. We pray that you would annihilate this COVID-19 sickness from off the lives of people. God, we pray that you would move quicker than the vaccines are moving. And Lord, let the restoration, Father, of life and living begin to take over again. Our churches begin to fill up again with people who are praising you and growing in you and reaching out to the lost in our communities greater than ever before. Before that great and re notable return of the Lord, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.